You're listening to Muscles, Motherhood, and Motivation. I'm your host, Chloe Puff. All right. I'm really excited because today I have a yogi coming to talk to you today. Elizabeth Ruff, how are you doing? I'm doing so good. It finally feels like summer here in the Pacific Northwest. I know, right? It's Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, hello, son. Um, (laughs) Where have you been? So I would love to introduce you and then feel free to hop in and and uh, build on this. So Elizabeth here is a Soma body worker, a yoga teacher and teacher trainer and create. Uh, can you can you pronounce this for me? Creatix. Creatrix. Creatrix. <laughs> yes, I love that of yoga embodiment teaching. So I would love for you to tell the audience about really what it is you do and what all those phenomenal titles mean. Yeah, well, I am, uh, I've been exploring bodywork and yoga for 20 years, but I've been interested in it and practicing yoga since 1997. But I had my first massage when I was 16, which was probably in like, 93, right about when Smells Like Teen Spirit was hot on the chart. <laughs> yes, <Nirvana. laughs> Yeah. So um, I felt profound relief and support from massage as an active basketball player in my youth. And Alaska basketball is like uh, the thing to do. <laughs> and it was super helpful to get some massage to bring some healing to my body that I wasn't able to receive. I was in a really small town where there weren't physical therapists or any doctors actually or anything. So um, from there, I just became more and more curious about the human body. I became an EMT when I was 16 as well. Oh, wow. And then I um, did a, a rural student um, kind of apprenticeship in a hospital in Juneau, Alaska, where I was able to follow and mentor under some doctors in the emergency room and the operating room and just learn more about the human body. And wow. it's definitely like, okay, this is my path. I'm working with the human body. But I also had this like deep seated curiosity and love for photography and for being in nature. And mm-hmm. so when I went to college, I chose natural resources as my major because I had this idea that I could work for National Geographic and become a National Geographic photographer. That's awesome. Um, And I just continued to, you know, get massage and body work throughout my college years. And I finally went to a yoga class and had profound just stress relief. And that was a complete side effect. I was not expecting that. I was looking for something to like just help with my running and like yogis have cute butts and that <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> I feel like that should be on a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So from there, I, I knew right away, like pretty soon into my college education that I would go to massage school at some point, but I still finished my program. I was in the Peace Corps for a while and had this, this, just deep like embodied epiphany of how um you know my my role in the peace corps was to work with coastal resource management and help um, restore coral reefs in the philippines and there was just so many things that were layered in around that that weren't wasn't just like pertaining to doing environmental education in the school like oh my gosh like i really have this sense that we need to love ourselves in order to fully love the earth. Mm. So anyways, came back, ended up going to, um, well, then my, then my mom passed away right after I came back. And so right after my mom passed away, I started doing yo more yoga to heal my heart and jumped into massage school at that point and um, just haven't really looked back. I've had a lot of other like jobs, but mostly my jobs were a way for me to like earn money, like seasonally just working in Alaska in the summer. And then I would travel, rock climb a lot. I did a lot of rock climbing and take massage and yoga trainings as I went along. So finally landed in Bellingham in 2008 and enrolled in the Soma Institute. And that's where I became a soma structural integration body worker 
which is a little different than more of a traditional massage technique. Structural integration looks at the fascial lines of the body. It looks at, at how you're organizing yourself in gravity, your posture, all the different connection points of the, the aggregates, the main joints, how they're relating to each other. But then also it looks at how that relates in your life off of the table too like oh you're lacking mobility here like where might you be lacking mobility in your life where can you be more flexible in your life or on the other side like you're really hyper mobile where can you set more boundaries where can you have more structure oh interesting in your life so teaching people both in that like physical realm but also and some of this is the various yoga trainings i've done like bringing it into that matrix of like the mind body continuum like as as your your mind wanders energy will flow and yes. your body is a manifest manifestation of your mind your mind's a manifestation of their body so right diving deeper into that communication that is really interesting and i i love like i mean <laughs> i'm a science nerd in terms of exercise science and you know just i'm so interested in hearing how other people approach wellness. And I think it's so cool to just hear just another take on, you know, exactly what you said, how it's kind of this circle of a reflection in your life also being a reflection of your body and vice versa. I think that's so, so profound and so interesting to hear. I love mm -hmm. that. So go ahead and tell me, I'm really curious about this. Um, you phrased something. I asked you a couple questions prior to having you on here. Um, and you were saying as we are violent and disrespectful to ourselves, that energy cascades into the world. Oh my mm. gosh. I just absolutely love that. So what is it that you, can you give me more of like a, like a solid example of ways that we might be acting violent or disrespectful towards ourselves. I'm so curious if you could unpack that phrase for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I one example that comes up, I just taught a module for the yoga embodiment coaching certification that I lead. Um, and we were talking about the water element. So in the yoga system, uh, the kind of energetics of the body is broken into elements right just like with traditional chinese medicine so the water element being the element around our sensuality our creativity and also our emotional realm um has been damned right so as yeah. we damn ourselves as we restrict our emotional expression and withhold that and it can become uh, stagnant and held in our body, you look at the world around you. So when we look at the world around us, we see dams, right? Mm. And we have created this dam system as a way to like manifest energy. We create these bottlenecks in the waterways in order to create a burst of energy. Well, that happens in our body, right? Like when we withhold our emotions, then we can have an expression of an emotion that's like, eruptive mm. or maybe we never express grief and then suddenly 20 years after the loss of a loved one we find ourselves in deep grief and we don't really understand why and it's because our body knows our body is smart so as i look at this body mind matrix and then take into the account that we are creatures of the earth we are in deep relationship with the earth and all of the sentient beings that live on the earth there is no autonomy as we you know fiercely independent humans might like to think what we do has impact of course we're starting to recognize that looking on another lens of that still related to water though like look at the glaciers that are just pouring like they're weeping they're weeping and they're receding so there's another expression of water that is in um dysfunctional relationship i'm using quote marks here with my fingers um from what it historically has been it's this unprecedented weeping and you look around our world right now and we have like a, a lot of unprecedented experiences happening within our 
well, in the last two years, of course, like so many things coming to surface with um, coronavirus, racial injustice, social justice, and now women's rights are all on the brink. Like there's this withdrawal. Yeah. Right. We're going backwards in a way as the glaciers are going backwards. You look also at like, where are these dry spells? What's happened? What happens when we dry up certain parts of the planet? I mean, we know this, this isn't new, but like the historic context of say the Dust Bowl in the 1930s, like that created tremendous erosion of topsoil and completely like reorganized the way that agriculture needed to be done throughout the Midwest. But now we look at these dry spells in like California, Oregon, Washington, Alaska, places that haven't had these historic wildfires. And now these wildfires are raging, right? Because of the um, dysfunctional relationship of water. Wow. Right? Devaluing water, devaluing emotion, standing rock. Wow. Let's, Let's put priorities of capitalism above water, above a primal need. Let's put priorities of, you know, standing strong and holding resilient above our own hearts. Mm. So I'm just kind of calling like bullshit on that here. Yeah. So yes. and that's, a, that's a violence that we do to ourselves and we withhold when we create these blocks in our system. And when enough of us do that, that manifests into the earth as well. So we need to reverse wow. that. Wow. That's extremely powerful. That was not the answer I was expecting. I got to be honest. That's, <laughs> it's very, it's very, very powerful. I mean, I just, I honestly never really thought about things that way, but I mean, yeah, that makes so <laughs> much sense. Yeah. And I mean, I've, it's been really hard. I mean, especially just kind of going off what you're saying too, just about all these shifts in, you know, the, just our system as human beings. I mean it's crazy just as someone who works with women to see even just the stressors of the world impact people on an individual level. And I saw, um, it's a little bit off topic, but I saw this um, meme that somebody posted on Facebook and is, it was like, are you burnt out or are you just living in a world where you have no bodily autonomy and there's all these like governmental stressors and you have no control over what's going on around you. And I was like, Oh yeah, that, (laughs) that makes so much sense. Yeah. Wow. So how do you, how is it that you actually like, how, what does it look like then to work on those things with clients, for example? So how is it that you're taking such this, this huge, massive, like global issue and also making it a very personal experience with a client? I'm so curious yeah. what that looks like. Yeah. Um, well, sometimes it can involve just a question or a noticing about their body mm-hmm. and then an observation of something that I maybe like see in the world that can have like parallel. Um, you know, a big question I get from people is like, why? Like, why is this holding in my body? Why? Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, I'm, I'm more of a like present present moment. Like I can't go back and change the past, but finding supporting people and finding more acceptance with what is while I'm also maybe giving a little guidance. So kind of sticking with this concept of water, right? Um, Because our body is 70% water and the fascial matrix of our body is primarily made up of water. So there are like three main elements of fascia. We have um, the ground substance, which is this kind of gelatinous goo, like toothpaste, right? That um, floats throughout our, floats all over our body. And then we have collagen, which is a supporting structure. And, you know, we are, women are sold collagen to like yes. get rid of our wrinkles and get rid of that cellulite and yeah. all these things to like shift our body so that we don't look how we look. Right. Um, and then another substance is elastin and elastin gives, it's just like its name. It has like a lot of elasticity to it. So fascia, our bodies contain about 70% water and there are three main parts of fascia, ground substance, structures, and cells. 
So the ground substance primarily is made up of water, as I said. Um, structures are collagen, which is a, a building block, a protein, right, of our body. You've probably taken it as a supplement or heard about it as a lotion. Um, and the other structure is elastin, which can give us range. It can stretch out 150% and then come back to its form. And the cells, we have several cells, but two of the main ones are mast cells, which help our immune system. They travel around in our fascia and dart in and out of different areas of our bodies to get a read on where our immune function might need to be boosted. Then it can re recruit the white blood cells. And the other cell is fibroblasts. Mm. So fibroblasts have a job where they go into a place of trauma and recruit collagen to come and lay down. Now, fibroblasts don't differentiate between if there is a trauma involving a car accident or a trauma involving a heartbreak. They only read trauma. So the collagen gets laid down and collagen is very efficient and very fast and it does what it can to um, kind of splint to support a place of trauma, of injury, heartache, what have you. Now, part of my work, my hands-on body work, is um, to organize that collagen, to bring organization there. So if there's been some kind of holding, say um, you had a rotator cuff surgery and your shoulders in an anterior position, so you have scar tissue from the surgery, but then you also have this trauma from holding your arm in a sling. And then, you know, all of the layers of like frustration of being in a sling and, and you know, whatever may have come as a result of that surgery itself too, or the right. injury leading up to the surgery, right? So as I'm working someone's uh, chest area where there's been a lot of collagen laid down just as a way of kind of splinting and supporting that, it's going to feel intense to them, but it's also going to feel incredibly relieving. Mm. So I attribute this akin to say like a river and it, you know, definitely here in the Northwest and Alaska. And, you know, I'm not sure about other places in particular because I haven't studied those river systems in the same way, but here we have a lot of log jams, right? right? So you've probably seen them. You, I know that you like to hike. So logs, yes. timber falls into river and they end up accumulating usually at the bends of a river. Mm. So that happens in our body, usually where there's a bend, so a joint, there's going to be some kind of accumulation. And what I do is I go in and I basically turn those logs, turn those collagen fibers to reorganize so that they can flow downstream again, that they don't have to be as stacked and layered. Now, if there's a super acute injury, I'm not going to have exactly that same approach, right? But in the case of my example of like a shoulder surgery, sling, all of that, that injury has had a lot of time to resolve and now giving reorganization to those collagen fibers, helping them flow through the waterway of the body can also help. In some cases, people will have emotional release while they're on the table and they might mm. start tearing up for yeah. reasons they don't know. And again, we don't have to know because our body knows. And if we allow it to happen, if we allow the release to happen, then healing will, will occur. And it's when we get really rigid about trying to define things that we can create additional resistance around that process. Wow. Yeah. I mean, and I'm sure you've heard the phrase, the body keeps the score. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a book and a whole, a whole, whole, uh, whole online course process too. Yeah. It's a pretty I didn't great. realize it was a course too. That's fun. Um, yeah. They have some different um, different ways that you can study with them. Yeah. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, and oh man, I, I've talked a lot about this with um, various, actually with other guests, just based on like their area of expertise. Like we talked about this um, when I interviewed um, Dr. Lin Lindsay Masumi about um, pelvic floor and how, you know, the body mm. holds tension and trauma in the pelvic floor based on different experiences. And um, yeah, man, that's so hard too. So I'm, I'm wondering then, can you, can you kind of guide, like if there's someone listening right now and they're like, whoa, I think I got some pent up trauma. <laughs> I think I've got mm -hmm. some, 
some, you know, physical things that um, are bothering me, what would you say in terms of like things to maybe address or, you know, questions to ask themselves or next steps um, in terms of kind of healing some of these physical and emotional ailments really? Yeah. So if someone is thinking that they have some pent up trauma, which is so common, I actually, I mean, this is like, it's so beautiful. Actually, right now, I, I, I just need to name that. I, I think we've really gotten better about normalizing trauma in mm, our world where I people are, are less gun shy. Yeah. or less shameful about saying, Oh, I have trauma. I, you know, I'm having a trauma response. And, and what's important to realize is that trauma can show up so many different ways in the body, Absolutely. right? Like you might have um, just a sense of rigidity, you might have disassociation or freezing, you might have um, over functioning. Mm. Right? So trauma doesn't manifest the same for everybody. Um, but I'm I mean, generally, it's safe to say that if you live in our world, you probably have some kind of trauma. <laughs> uh, right. Otherwise, um, you need to address maybe the fact that you don't have trauma. Like how, how these do you coping, not have trauma? Yeah, like these coping mechanisms may not work. Like, you, you must live in a cave in the Himalayas or something. Oh, my gosh. But I wouldn't give. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Like you know, so there are, are like micro traumas, right? And then there's also like macro traumas where like, you know, I, I was in this terrible car accident and somebody died, right? Or somebody wronged me, somebody hurt me. Like there are so many ways that trauma can manifest in our body. So, I mean, if you are someone who thinks that you have trauma and um, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of getting a support team in place. And and recognizing that you are valuable, you are worthy. And when you're stuck because of trauma, you're probably not living your life to the level that you want to live it. You might not be sharing your gifts to the world with mm. the world in the whole way. You might not be showing up with your family in the way that you really could. You might be neglecting your health, your sleep, your food, right? It's all it's all related. So first off, know that you are worthy and you're worth a little investment. Because yeah. with our healthcare system, it can be really tricky to try to find practitioners for this that are covered by insurance. Yeah, what so, healthcare system? <laughs> Yeah, right. Come on, it's, America. Oh my gosh. It's really, really, really sad. It's it's so frustrating. So, you know, be willing to invest a, a couple hundred dollars a month in yourself. And that could involve um, seeing a therapist, maybe, an, uh, you know, in my world, ideally getting some body work. Um, taking yoga classes could be helpful if you have a, a good teacher who's guiding you somatically to really attune to yourself and not. Um, you know, teaching a class where they're pushing, pushing, pushing you to like do right. harder things all of the time, because that can actually elicit more trauma and you can yeah. be aggravating that, like picking the scab. Mm, so yeah. um, engaging in a meditation practice. And there are a lot of, you know, free meditation resources out there. I have free meditations on my website, somayogapnw.com. Um, yes. YouTube is a great resource. Um, and, you know, uh, there are so many, like we are, I'm, I'm, I'm never, and I never stop being amazed with how many modalities there are out there. There's life span integration therapy. There's mm. somatic therapy. Uh, therapy, their cognitive behavior therapy. I mean, there's so many different therapies, hypnotherapy, yeah. right? So I think that if you are like, okay, I'm having some trauma here, like find something, ask someone that you love and trust there, you know, th throw it out on Facebook, like who would recommend a good trauma therapist for mm. X, Y, and Z, if you're right. comfortable doing that, you'll get responses, you want to if you want to see someone live, you know, try to get responses from people in your area so that you can go in and have a live experience with someone. Um, or, 
you know, if you're okay being in a virtual con context with someone, there's um, a great website called psychologytoday.com and they'll help you find a therapist in your area or one online. Mm. So, so those are a couple of resources. And I mean, I think especially knowing that you work with women with pelvic floor, like there's so much that gets held there. Oh my gosh. Well, and it's funny because majority of women have tight pelvic floors when they think it's just loose and dysfunctional, but a tight pelvic floor is dysfunctional. So I feel like when you're saying this, literally like the first group of people that came to mind, I'm like, wow, all the women with like traumatic birth experiences like would really benefit from this type of thing. So, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I work. Oh my gosh. And, and that's like a one, one of the questions that I ask people, I'm like, okay, how many, how many babies have you conceived? How many have you birthed? Yeah. How, how did you birth them? And almost every woman has some kind of a traumatic birth experience. Like birth is really a, it's not an easy thing. <laughs> oh my, uh, yeah. Well, it's, it, and, and I think like this whole conversation, like not to get too political, but the whole conversation around like forced birthing. Mm, yeah. We're now forcing people to give birth. Like it's, that is going to take a huge mental toll. Like yeah. I'm with you for sure. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. didn't mean to cut you off. It's I get fired no. up. <laughs> no, I do too. It's great. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, I actually just had a great conversation today with a, a lawyer, total, I'm digressing from your initial conversation, but she works um, with the family, with family services here in Washington state. Mm. And she's just like, I'm not sure that family service, um, you know, the lawyers literally available for family services was taken at all into account because we're going to need to, in the next year, probably double the amount of lawyers that we have. Oh yeah. Family services because of the, the foster care system, the welfare system, like all of these systems are just going to be so, so loaded. And suddenly we're going to also need double the people with law degrees to navigate that. Yeah. And I I guarantee like what you were saying too. Now, I mean, it's great that more people are identifying their own traumas, but I even just, you know, I feel like just living as a woman in 2022 is traumatic in itself in so many different situations that, you know, think about all the, all the therapists that are going to be, you know, getting plenty of new clients because, you know, women are just scared right now. Yeah. Yeah. I can't speak for all women, but I certainly hope that, you know, majority of us are, kind of on board with bodily autonomy, just saying, mm-hmm. but yeah, man. Yeah. You, you think you'd hope, I mean, I know, I know that's not true for some, but yeah. it's, yeah. it's something that's near and dear to my heart. So, um, yeah. I, yeah. So, I mean, just going back to that piece of trauma and pelvic floor. So if you are a woman and you do have, um, some, birth trauma that you're working with or pelvic floor trauma find a practitioner that can do some internal pelvic floor work. It Who can, would you, what can, kind of practitioner would you recommend? Like if people are listening and going, Oh my gosh, I had a traumatic birth. Like who, who would you recommend or like, like what words should people be Googling to find these people in their communities? Yeah. Well, um, it depends on of course, which state you're you're in depending on the the type of practitioner that has the credentials to do internal pelvic floor work. So I've been trained to do internal pelvic floor work, but it's technically not legal for me to do it in Washington state. So, mm, got it. you know, I see. <laughs> um, however, um, as a physical therapist in Washington state, you can do that type of work. Um, okay. Like a pelvic floor PT. Like a pelvic floor PT. And I know of some that are wonderful and I know of some who are a little more like mechanical, right? Right. Yes. I would definitely vet your pelvic floor PT a little bit and make sure that you're with someone who's lined up. Um, but you know, structural integration, body work, 
even if they're not doing um, internal pelvic floor, we're trained to work the external pelvic floor so we can work the perineal space. Mm, um, yeah. You know, work all of the attachments around the vaginal opening. And it's, it's really profound. It's huge. Yeah. It's huge for people. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I know too, like that's probably just kind of a sidebar. That's probably um, very uncomfortable for a lot of people just because I feel like as a collective society, it feels like just now women are understanding their rights to pleasure and, you know, being more in tune with their own bodies, period. Like, I, I think a lot of people don't even know that, you know, this is why I recorded an episode called the vagina episode because everybody says vagina versus vulva. And, you know, we got to know all the parts because we have to be able to advocate for ourselves. And you right, want to be right. able to feel like, you know, you're at least getting to some point to where, you know, talking about your uh, female anatomy isn't uncomfortable. So you can address some of these traumas and these things and be able to like move forward and heal. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And normalizing the body function. I'm so proud of one of my friends who just hopped on Facebook today and she was basically announcing to the world that it's been officially a year since I had my, my menstrual cycle. I'm officially, you know, menopausal and I can wear white pants and never have to worry again. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, thank you for making that normal for everybody. And yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I had a great conversation with a, a super senior, very um, esteemed structural integration practitioner named Liz Stewart yesterday. And she was remembering um, a period of time where, you know, girls, women were trained to use the belts with our menstrual pads. There were this belting system. And so there would be like, you know, your week out of the month where you couldn't swim, you couldn't participate in sports because there's this whole belting contraption. Jeez Louise. I know, right? And so she went home at this point, a young girl getting this information in school or whatever, and was like, oh my gosh, mom, I'm really worried about doing that. And her mom's like, don't worry, I'm a, I'm a modern woman. I bought these things called tampons. Oh my gosh, that's fantastic. <laughs> right? And I mean, that was not, you know, in the same kind of era of like, the invention of birth control pills. Right. Right. Like, so it, it, it's really, I mean, there's, there's so many things that have like, you know, progressed quote or, or move forward with women, but there's also things that are sliding back. But I think one of the things that we can do definitely to empower ourselves more and to really like support each other is educate people on our, our fertility cycles. Yeah. Like I, a lot of people don't know when they're fertile. Right. So yeah. I mean, it's not super hard to figure that out. And it's also good to know that we're not fertile all the time. You know, yeah. guy, guys are fertile all the time. So they're walking around with full loads. So I think they should actually have more of a convert. They should be in this conversation a little more than we are. Right. Right. <laughs> but we have this like weak window where, or less, like depending that we need to exercise caution. So when we can communicate that more, you know, especially to, to younger women and yeah. women who haven't been in, you know, more progressive households when they were younger that may not know what a vulva is. <laughs> Right. Like, I'm sorry, what? You have a cycle and you have a fertility window and, you know, use that to empower yourself for yeah, now. Absolutely. Yeah. Knowledge, knowledge is power. I, I feel like the more we can educate ourselves on our own just anatomy and function without it being taboo, there's no reason why it needs to be taboo. Um, it will just help us be able to function better in society and just our our day-to-day lives knowing, you know, I, I think my big thing and, you know, I love that I always go into these things saying I'm not going to get too political. And then something political always comes up because, um, <laughs> you know, I'm a woman. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's inevitable. Yeah. But, you know, I, I just, I, I feel like at the end of the day, it's just very important for for us to be able to, 
how do I say a political thing without getting political? I can't. Um, basically, <laughs> I mean, I just, I really, my hope is that, especially because, you know, the types of women that I work with as well, I mean, I just want everyone to feel safe in their own body um, at the very least, because many of us don't feel safe in the world. So I, I feel, I feel like it's my due diligence at least to help women educate themselves on their own bodies without yeah. this stigma of it being, um, you know, dirty or taboo or, you know, we're not, <laughs> we're not in the 1950s. I feel like we yeah. should be able to move out of that and, um, you know, start talking about real solutions because, at the end of the day, these things aren't going to go away. Like sex isn't going to go away. Um, right. You know, all these, all these other things aren't going to go away. Um, but the safety of it all is what is being removed. So I feel like at least in, in my opinion, education is, is going to be the best way to starting <laughs> at least reinstating some of these basic human rights you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What a frustrating yeah, time totally. we live in. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I mean, that's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of coming back to your original question. Um, you know, I help people move trauma in their body. Um, I help them find more grace with gravity. I instill um, what I like to think some of the like deeper, more internal aspects of yoga in them, but I also have like a pretty um, solid functional movement based yoga practice. And I teach that through my modern yoga tribe.com website. So I have online classes and do different workshops and immersions that way. Um, and then yeah, through yoga embodiment coaching, I think that's probably like my, my, um, like the offering that's like making it's helping practitioners. So here's the other side of the coin, right? Like we have all this trauma in the world, but then we have the practitioners that are constantly needing that trauma. Yeah. And then as a practitioner, like how are you resourcing yourself Yeah. when you're coming face to face with that all of the time? And that's a lot of what yoga embodiment coaching is. It's like, yes. Okay. I'm going to, teach you how to teach people to breathe. I'm going to teach you how to teach people to meditate while they're on the table and you're working with them. I'm going to teach you some of these functional um, yoga movements to give people that are practical. It's not like putting your foot behind your head. It's like, how do you open the psoas without displacing the hip joint? Right. Right. Like real, like very relevant things. Um, but also as a practitioner, how are you being resourced? and doing these things, doing a little meditation, doing some breath work, doing some internal um, sounding while you're working with people to keep yourself resourced and yourself attuned to your client. And when you do that, when you have that as your practice, when you're approaching somebody, especially as a body worker, and there's a little flip in your head where you say, instead of me doing this session for them, instead of me doing something for them, right? Mm. Like I'm doing this A with them. Yeah. And B, I'm receiving their tissues. Like just those oh, little nuances yeah. are a huge, huge shift in the, in the art of being a, a body worker and healing artist, right? Wow. And I just know so many like doctors and nurses who are totally burned out from these two years. So, Hey, everybody out there, be extra nice to your healthcare practitioners. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're getting their asses kicked. Right. And I mean, that's, that's something that they're struggling with is they're, they're working to try to support people, but they're also in a lot of cases like receiving some kind of, you know, um, like abuse in the way of like scheduling fiasco and like, right. you know, doubting and, and questioning. And, you know, they're like, I'm just trying to do the best I can for you. And I have my own family and my own stuff I'm working with here and finding those balances are really, really hard. So. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. 
man, I'm like rethinking just all of the things right now. I just, I, I love hearing from this perspective on like just a much more widened scope um, as kind of like a, like a systemic approach, not just like, um, like a very tangible literal approach, but I just love the idea of like really diving deep essentially in all of this. It's just amazing. So I'm, I'm really curious, is there any specific correlation between like certain parts of the body and what types of traumas are showing up is, um, or like, for example, if someone has an issue in their ankle, is that like, is that something that would signal, how do I, how do I even phrase this? Yeah. Like, I guess I picture like, like almost like chakras, like that visual of like, you know, you have these different points in your body. And I know with like acupuncture and chiropractic and whatnot, you know, your body's a system. So for example, your jaw is connected to your pelvic floor. You know, is there, is there any, is there any way that you, um, kind of assess certain traumas based on areas in the body or vice versa? Yeah. Um, you know, there are a lot of different, um, healing art modalities that, kind of link into that. So traditional Chinese medicine attributes organs to different emotions within the body. So Mm. um, for example, um, lungs are often related to grief. So in the yogic system, of course, we have our chakras and we have those um, kind of places within our chakra systems that can be excessive or deficient. So I, and then, and then there are other systems actually that pull, um, kind of astrological signs into our body mapping, um, and polarity therapy does that in a really beautiful way. So for an ankle injury, um, you know, I would definitely be curious about, um, one's sense of, uh, stability and support. Ooh, very interesting in their, their life and as they're moving through their life. So if they've had, um, you know, close liaisons, their parents or their partner, like doubt their choice of career, perhaps like that's a lack of support in the way Mm. that that might manifest in the body. Um, the, um, you know, we talked about lungs as far as grief goes. throat of course like related to our truth center related to our sense of expression and our voice so people that have a lot of neck tension you can just be curious about like what's your um you know are you in a place where you feel like you can really honor your truth are you in Mm. a place where you can voice your needs um and sometimes getting them to do some some sounding some singing some shower singing like whatever can help um, open up some of those tissues of their throat. So those are just a couple that come to mind right off the top of my head there. Wow. That's really interesting. I, I like, I also like that you said, be curious rather than just saying like, this is what it is. It's a direct correlation. I think, yes, being curious, it's a perfect way to put it. Now, my question to you is, <laughs> um, I, I would love, can I give you a sample of an injury that I've dealt with that has been recurring. I haven't had any, I I think I have like figured out what it stems from, but I want to see if like, just as a fun challenge to see like what your thoughts on it are initially. Would you be okay okay with that? (laughs) Yeah, sure. So um, here's like, uh, I'm going to do this without trying to like air out my dirty laundry essentially. So a couple years back, um, I was, teaching a virtual class. This is like close to when the pandemic started. I was teaching a virtual class. And after I got off, my my knee felt really tight. Like when I would like squat down, it felt like it was um, like stiff, like I couldn't bend it all the way. And within hours, it was so swollen, it looked like a continuation of my thigh. 
And mm-hmm. I had thought for some reason I pulled my quad. I went to um, urgent care because I wasn't I wasn't um, even at home. And they were like, eventually after I went in several times, um, they were like, you have um, patellofemoral uh, dysfunction. So my kneecap was not tracking properly. And this happened super randomly. And it happened again, like several months later. It happened again several months later. And then it also went into the other knee. And I had moments where I had, like, I literally couldn't walk. I could not bend my knee. I was, it was very strange. Um, I have since been totally fine, which is great. Um, But basically, I've just had this issue where my knees will randomly flare up. And I feel like an old lady that's like, oh, yep, the knees are stiff. It's going to rain. But I, so I'm curious, like what your take would be on that, because I think I know, um, I figured out after like the fourth time they flared up that it was connected to a trauma. Um, and I'm so curious what you think, what you think that might be. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, knees similar to ankles are related to support. They're also related to movement in the world. Um, I'm, you know, it's interesting that it goes back and forth. Like that's actually not that uncommon and it can be really bewildering to people. Um, but that's, that's something that I'll definitely see in folks. Some, some folks are like, it's always this, right. And some people are like, it goes back and forth or like, this is totally fine now, but now it's over here. Yep. So the symptoms will move. Um, structurally, I would definitely recommend you, you know, rolling out your IT bands, rolling out your quads, rolling out your calves and rolling out your feet. Oh yeah. Those are excellent tools to help support anything related to knee dysfunction. Um, yeah. And then I would just be curious again, like, are you, are, is there something you've been like trying to move away from or move to? something you've been avoiding or, or wanting to like get to that you've yeah. just had resistance around. Yeah, absolutely. It's so funny. I mean, just hearing that, um, it feels, um, validating to what I thought it was because it <laughs> seemed, it seemed to recur around the same time, um, this trauma would get brought up again. Um, mm. and yeah, now, now things are much better with me mentally since having that initial um, injury. And I mean, I, I pretty much call myself out all the time. I'm very, um, open with like the things I've experienced and I, I'll, I'll share those with my audience. Um, but yeah, it's crazy how your body will react when it's like a physical manifestation of the things that you're holding inside. It's just craziness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because like, uh, I having this kind of realization now after talking with you too, like having those, having that injury, like physically forced me to slow down. And I actually had to deal with the trauma mentally because I wasn't able to just brush it off with exercise or like, you know, kickbox my way through it. I had to like literally sit with my injury and, you know, deal with all the stuff that I was, that I was running from. And that's right. when it finally, like, seemed to kind of disappear. Not with PT, not with, you know, all these, all these clinical things. It was definitely more mental. And, you know, I can't deny the, the correlation between the two. That's for sure. Yeah, I think injuries, you know, often they make us stop. Right. And then we get a look at something that we probably haven't been wanting to look at. And it's just a way of like forced evaluation. (laughs) It's like, it's, it's a cruel punishment and a gift at the same time, I feel, because nobody ever wants to have to deal with hard stuff, but sometimes it's really good to, you know, (laughs) at least be forced to slow down. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, what else was I going to, I, something else came to mind about slowing down that, oh, um, 
you know, going back to like body and earth too, right? That piece of like how we're treating ourselves, like the introspection and the and the outrospection, if you will. And that initial question of like, how are we violent to ourselves? So I think a way that we're often violent to ourselves is by not pausing when we're injured mm -hmm. and having a look at that. Like how rude, your body's trying to tell you something. Yeah. It's like, hey, <laughs> hey, you haven't been paying attention to this. So I'm just gonna like create this strong sense of pain and hope that you like slow down enough to have a freaking look. Right. You know, and then we're like, oh, never mind. No pain, no gain. Push through it. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. You know, or, or, and, or, um, you know, substance abuse. Like now, now we can open up a whole, whole portal around like the state of mental health in our country too. Oh, yeah. Right. And like the epidemic of opioids and other substances, like, oh, you know, I go, I go and I get this substance, whether it's alcohol or an opioid, right? Narcotic to alleviate the pain, you know, but, but it's not really being worked with on the internal level. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like there's, there's a reason why your body is feeling pain and yeah, maybe you were in a car accident and there is like a lot of stuff that you're having to do as far as that structural pain and that nerve pain and that broken vertebra and this and that and the other but right i mean i'm I'm working with a guy right now who um last spring or last march so a year ago march he dropped a huge cliff in his snowboard and completely shattered his t10 Ooh, it was like completely ow. shattered fortunately he's a pretty fit muscular person and he didn't have to like go into a body cast or anything the doc was just like you know, you just gotta like let your body heal for a while. And he's really um active, you know, and but he listened to the messages and he slowed down, he let his body heal. He started coming to see me very regularly. And we got him into a place where he was able to go and snowboard in November. That's phenomenal. When it opened. That's you crazy. Know, he, he was doing the work though. He he had me, he did some other kinds of therapies as well around it. And he really like op opened himself up and became vulnerable. You know, and I was able to be like, oh, you know, like, yeah, we're working this this T10, but like I'm feeling all this, you know, stuff between your shoulder blade and your spine today. Yeah. It's like, oh wow. Like, what, what do you make of that? And I was like, well, you know, and I'll just say like, well, it's just, it's the back of your, your heart chakra, you know? And he's just like, oh man, I've been trying to like develop this relationship with my dad. And, you know, <laughs> then, I mean, I don't have to do anything. Like I'll just name what something is or where it is or what it feels like under my hands, mm. you know? And often that's enough for someone to like, have a portal to be like, Oh my gosh, now, now there's this body mind connection. Yeah. Where he's like this rejection that he's held in his body can now start to like soften and let go. And it took him a broken back to get to that point. Wow. And talk about like one who ignored a hell of a lot of injuries up to that point. Oh my God. I'm like, you did what you did, what you fell where? Like, Oh my God. Another yeah. tomahawk. Like, Holy cow, dude. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. So, you know, the violence that we do to our bodies, you know, yeah. and, and when we can give space, when our body's screaming and is like, pay attention to me, we give just a little space and I, you know, and, and if we can do that, if we can do that in the moment, too like we can't always do it in real time but if we can if we can get ahead of it oh my gosh it's such a gift oh yeah it's a, such a gift and then i mean you know the other part of that too is like sometimes it's not ours sometimes we've taken on someone else's shit yeah and that was the other <laughs> thing i was thinking when you were talking about teaching that virtual class i was like oh, i wonder if they were the same group of students in that second class that they were in the in the first class yeah, you know, if there was someone there that you were attuning to a little too much and yeah, created this opportunity for them to like, put some of their stuff on you. <laughs> I can definitely say from the beginning of 2020 to now, um, I'm a completely different uh, and much more healed person. 
I mean, I like without going into detail, like I had, I had almost zero boundaries, um, Mm. when it came to people, um, you know, professionally, um, in my friendships. And now I have exactly who I need in my life and who I desire to have in my life. Um, and I'm much better at being able to separate, um, other people's, you know, issues from my own. And, um, I don't take on the weight of other people's problems anymore. Um, I just, I have my priorities much more aligned with where I want to be. And I'm, you know, definitely boundaries so I can, you know, talk to clients who are dealing with difficult things and be able to hold space for them and, you know, boundaries with myself where I, I know I'm not going to be like, absorbing that on a deep level. So mm-hmm. yep, you're pretty spot on with that one. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. I yeah. love that. Well, and I love what you said just about slowing down. It just immediately made me think of like this pressure for, you know, moms after having babies, this massive bodily and emotional trauma to just bounce back, return to activities, get fit for their husbands and to be presentable in the world when in reality it's like, let's talk about like a healing space for moms, like give her a moment, um, support Mm -hmm. her, you know, and I think, um, slowing down is a really good message because I know a lot of people will come to me and go, I want to lose X amount of pounds. want to lose the mom pooch. I, and they're like five weeks postpartum and I'm like, all right, let's take a beat. Um, you just spent 10 months growing and delivering a human being. Like, let's be patient because I made that mistake with myself. Um, and that's why I'm doing what I do now. Cause I had to, I, I learned the hard way. So Mm, thank you for sharing that because that's, that's an important reminder that we do need to slow down (laughs) and yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to drive to Bellingham um, and come see you and experience this for myself because we're talking about all these traumas and I'm like, ooh, girl, you would not like my shoulders. You would be calling me out left and right. (laughs) It's so funny. I I have this thing, just an FYI, that I say to my new clients that I'm just like, just so you know, I'm completely okay with your discomfort. (laughs) <laughs> and they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> It'll yeah. get real. It'll get real. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love that. It's so funny. I mean, movement, the physical body and like movement, whether it's, you know, the movement of someone else's hands manipulating the fascia and the muscle and the joints and all that, or if it's, you know, physical exercise, it can be such a cathartic experience. And I, I definitely am a huge advocate for treating your body well so you can treat your mind well. And I just, Mm. I, I love what you do. I think it's fantastic. I learned so much today. My brain is exploding and I have so much research to do now. (laughs) For sure. Great. Yeah. Well, so tell us for those that are listening and would like to connect with you, um, where can they find you? Um, yeah, I am, I'm online. I'm at, um, Elizabeth Ruff Yoga on Instagram. Um, I'm on Facebook and I have several different kind of online uh, offerings and websites. So Soma Yoga PNW is kind of my main portal website and you can book bodywork sessions there and private yoga sessions and um, get on my list for my Soma wellness coaching. And through the moderndyogatribe.com, that's my online uh, yoga videos. And I have a retreat coming up in September that's going to be so fabulous. I'm co-facilitating with a dear friend of mine, Ali Siegertson, who is a functional medicine practitioner and nutritionist. And she's who I went to. What she's, She has five kids. So she's who I went to when I had my babies and was like, All right, what do I eat? And that's amazing. Co- yeah, she's super awesome. So she's going to do the food part and I'm doing the yoga flow part. So it's functional food and flow. That's September 23rd to 25th. Um, and yeah, so modernyogatribe.com or somayogapnw.com. 
Perfect. And I'll link all those in the show notes. And also, um, I would love to link uh, your meditation. You said there was some free meditation. So I'll hopefully link those in the show notes too, if that's okay with oh, you. Thanks. Yeah. And I do actually want to give a little shout out to um, Shanti Center. I own a business in Bellingham. It's a brick and mortar healing art center. So that's where I do my body work practice out of. But I have like eight practitioners here that I've mentored and that are all, all very, very fabulous. So shantycenter.org. Great. Yes. We'll put, we'll put all those. You have to send them all to me so I can make sure they all make it into the show notes. So for those of you listening, just click the episode and you can click see more and scroll down and you'll be able to see all of those links at the bottom and you can connect with Elizabeth and ask her any questions. And hopefully if you're in Washington, you'll have the opportunity to go and see her in Bellingham. Oh, thanks so much. So great to chat with you. And I hope we get to connect soon, girl. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys very much for listening. Thank you, Elizabeth, so much for coming on the show today. And as always, be bold, be fit. Thank you.